Blog Talk Radio. What's your definition of greatness? I think the definition of greatness is to inspire the people next to you. My parents were, were great. You know, growing up, you know, they instilled in me the importance of imagination, of curiosity. And understanding that, okay, if you want to accomplish something, I'm not just going to sit here and say, yes, you can do whatever you want. Yes, you can, but you have to also put in the work to get there. You grow up as a kid thinking that all things are possible if you put in the work to do it. You, know, you grow up having that fundamental belief. My father uh, was really influential at a really critical time where I, you know, I had a summer where I played basketball when I was like 10 or 11 years old. And here I come playing and I don't score one point the entire summer. I scored not a free throw, not a nothing, not a lucky shot, not a breakaway layup, zero points. And I remember crying about it and being upset about it. And my father just gave me a hug and said, listen, whether you score zero or score 60, I'm going to love you no matter what. That is the most important thing that you can say to a child. It gives me all the confidence in the world to fail. But to hell with that, I'm scoring 60. From there, I just went to work. And I just wow. I stayed with it. I kept practicing, kept practicing, kept practicing. I think that's when the idea of understanding a long-term view became important. Because I wasn't going to catch these kids in a week. I wasn't going to catch them in a year. right? So that's when I sat down and said, okay, this is going to take some thought. I started creating a menu of things. Mm. When I came back the next summer, I was a little bit better. Open shots, not miss open shots. Be able to shoot it with speed because those kids are so much more athletic. So it's a simple thing of math. If you want to be a great player, if you play every single day, two, three hours, every single day over the course of a year, how much better are you getting? If you're obsessively training two, three hours every single day over a year, over two years, you make quantum leaps. Show up every single day, do the work. They're looking at me as if, okay, this kid's soft. Right? He's from the suburbs of Philadelphia. They felt like they could try to be physical or try to intimidate me and do all sorts of stuff, which they couldn't. Now I'm saying, okay, well, you're trying to attack me. How am I going to attack you? One of the things I would do is, while everybody would be at the cafeteria work, you know, eating and doing all sorts of stuff, I'd just go back to the gym. Yeah, I may be from the suburbs, but you're not going to outwork me. Right, look at thing, things at their smallest. A lot of times the game starts moving really fast. But if you train yourself to watch hours and hours of film, the game's not moving that fast anymore. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's an obsessiveness that comes along with it. You want things to be as perfect as they can be. Understanding that nothing is ever perfect. But the challenge is try to get them as perfect as they can be. So how can we teach our children what it means to work hard? Well, you do it through training. Right? So when I get up in the morning, my daughter goes with me. 4 a.m., my 15-year-old goes with me. It becomes a daddy-daughter thing. Through that process, she understands the value of hard work. So it's through those behaviors uh, um, is where I find the motivation to mm. do it. Well, what does losing feel like to you? Uh, it's exciting because it means you have different um, ways 
to get better. There's certain things that you can figure out that you can take advantage of, right? Certain weaknesses that were exposed. Mm. There are answers there if you just look at them. It's a constant process. It's exciting when you win, it's exciting when you lose because the process should be exactly the same. The hardest thing is to face that stuff. I think it's the fear of, of starting anew. When you play for 20 years, I play for 20 years, you reach a certain level, you're like, okay, wait a minute, I have to start again at the base of a mountain and try to climb the top of this mountain. First of all, what mountain am I climbing? I don't even know, like, what the hell am I going to be doing? The thing that helped me actually was hurting my Achilles because that forced me to sit there and say, okay, the day could be today that your career is over. First question I asked, which is the wrong question, is what's the biggest industry I can get into? I said, okay, stop thinking of it that way. You're thinking of it the wrong way. Why did you start playing basketball? Because I loved it. All right, what do you love to do? Oh, I love to tell stories. Mm. All right, let's do that. I think stories is what moves the world. Nothing in this world moves without story. And so I think that is the root of everything. And if we're going to try to make the world a better place, Story is the right place to start. Yeah. Quote from uh, one of my English teachers at Lower Marion named uh, uh, Mr. Fisk. He had a great quote that said, Rest at the end, not in the middle. And that's something I always live by. I'm not going to rest, I'm going to keep on pushing now. There are a lot of answers that I don't have, even questions that I don't have. But I'm just going to keep going. It's going to keep going, and I'll figure these things out as you go, right? And you just continue to build that way. So I, I try to live by that all the time. Do something you're very passionate about and don't try to chase what is kind of the hot passion of the day. People say you, you have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing and it's totally true and the reason is, uh, is because it's so hard that if you don't any rational person would give up. It's really hard and you have to do it over a sustained period of time. So if you don't love it, if you're not having fun doing it, you don't really love it, uh, you're going to give up. So just go and do it, try, learn from it. You, you know, you'll fail at some things. That's a learning experience that you need so that you can take that on to the next experience. Um, and don't let people who you may respect uh, and who you believe know what they're talking about, don't let them tell you it can't be done. Because often they will tell you it can't be done. And uh, it's just because they don't have the courage to try it. I think people that look for great ideas to make money uh, you know, aren't nearly as, as successful as those who say, okay, what do I really love to do? What am I excited about? What do I know something about? You know, what's kind of interesting and compelling? It's uh, very rewarding when you work on something you think is going to make a big difference. And uh, yeah, it's a little bit harder, but I think, uh, I think the passion that one might bring with it uh, 
brings so much more energy to that that you're more likely to succeed. You have to have an emotional investment in what you're doing. If you don't love what you're doing, um, failure is pretty much guaranteed. Success is not guaranteed by any means, but failure is much more likely if you don't love what you're doing. If you know exactly what you want to be, you need to spend as much time with people that are actually that already. You know, one of the things that I do is I question a lot of things. Um, and you can do that in a good way and a bad way, but hopefully if you try to get people to motivate why they're doing something and their way of thinking, you know, the worst thing you can end up with is a situation where um, you get told, well, this is the way it's always been. Mm -hmm. That's the worst ever. That's a non-answer. Instead, ask yourself, you know, Given everything we have today, is there a way we can make this better? And so when we're coming up with ideas, you know, we always ask ourselves, um, what kind of new market is this creating? And then also, what, what part of my day and, and what problem is it solving? And so I've gone as far as taking an entire catalog of my day from the moment I, like, open my eyes and writing down every single thing I do and then asking myself, like, is there something here? If you're not coming up with 10 ideas a day, that's why I have this thing. If I'm not coming up, if I'm not filling up this page every single day, then my idea muscle will atrophy. And I started this in 2001, and I still do it every single day. Like, you have to come up with ideas every single day, or the idea muscle atrophies. The good news is, after about six months of doing that, you're like a machine. Like, people get surprised at how many ideas you could just have anywhere. But understand, that naturally nobody is interested in your idea. The world could care less, and you have to persuade them, and you have to show that you're the one person out there that can do it. When it comes to changing the world, what I learned from Steve Jobs is, if you believe in a Macintosh, if you believe in iPhone, iPod, iPad, if you believe enough, then you will see it. Because other people will believe in it. Other people will create software. Other people will create products. So you need to foster the belief in what you are dreaming so that it becomes a reality, which is very different than saying, I don't expect anybody to believe it until I see it. You need people to believe it before they can see it. Don't necessarily think that you have to have the home run and the huge Apple computer on your first start. I spent a long time in my life with skills just building little devices for fun. For fun is one of the key things, because that drives you to think and think and think and make it better and better and better than you ever would if you're doing it for a company. Build things at first for yourself that you would want. For somebody aspiring to you know, take things to the next level or to even surpass their wildest dreams, there's always going to have to be an element of luck, but I think more important is putting yourself in a business that can be ubiquitous, that, that, can, that really doesn't have limits. Because otherwise, there's always going to be a grind to it. But if the business, if, if, if it can't be something that you can visualize every business using or every consumer using, it's going to be tough to scale to be big enough or to have the perceived value. You want an idea about what you can say. I know it sounds like a bad idea, but here's specifically why it's actually a great one. You want to sound crazy, but you want to actually be right. Because when you're trying to differentiate, when you're trying to do something different, there's going to be that gut moment, that gut sense. Is this right? Is this not right? If you're not, if you're not having doubt, you're not pushing the boundaries far enough. Don't think about how do I get really, how do I get big fast? 
that will happen if you actually build something super meaningful and super important. So don't think about, you know, what is the quickest way to success? Think about what is the best way to building something important that the world really needs. This little idea explains why some organizations and some leaders are able to inspire where others aren't. Let me define the terms really quickly. Every single person, every single organization on the planet knows what they do 100%. Some know how they do it, whether you call it your differentiating value proposition or your proprietary process or your USP. But very, very few people or organizations know why they do what they do. And by why, I don't mean to make a profit. That's a result. It's always a result. By why, I mean what's your purpose, what's your cause, what's your belief? Why does your organization exist? So when we see a kid with a lemonade stand, it's different than when we see a vending machine selling lemonade, even if it's exactly the same product, because the story around it is what people are paying for. So when I meet small business people, all I ask them is not what's their balance sheet, but what's their story? Why should I pick you? Why do I care about what you're doing? And if you start giving me all this inside baseball statistics about why you're 2% better than some other competitor, I'm already glazed over, because that's not part of the way I see the world. I have to want this to exist in the world. I have to not, so it's a similar rule, just say, if this was successful and I had nothing and I got no, and I was not involved and I got no money off it or wasn't, would I want it to do well? And that's a great, check, I think, to know if you really feel good about the idea and can be passionate about it. One of the things I advise entrepreneurs to do is when you have an idea, a classic entrepreneurial impulse is to hold the idea close to you and not go tell people because, oh, the idea is so special. Right. That's almost always a mistake. Hmm. Go talk to Why every, is that a mistake? Yeah. It's a mistake because your actual real competitive advantage is not that you have this idea that you have locked away in your closet which may or may not be accurate and you have no idea which it is. Uh, your, your actual competitive advantage is if you're assembling the intelligence around does this idea work, what is the right team, mm. what is the right learnings, and we're essentially in motion. The hardest thing to do is start. Um, you have all these ideas and everyone has an idea, but it's really about executing the idea and building the idea and attracting other people to help you work on the idea. That is the biggest challenge. But the, the way to begin is to get the idea out of your head, draw it out, you know, um, talk about it, program it if you're a programmer, or make it if you're building something. Like, you don't have to be the best, but you have to be dangerous, right? You have to learn just enough to be dangerous to build an idea, concept it, and show it to the world. And then it turns out there are lots of other people, including all 170 employees that work at Instagram, who are much better at doing all that stuff than I am. But you need to find people who can, you know, be drawn to the idea that you build, and, and then they end up taking it and, um, and making it even better. You know, one way to conceptualize what makes a good product is, you know, good engineering is part of it, good design is part of it, but really it's, um, one way I think about it is at least, is uh, maximizing the probability that someone shows up at the front door of, you know, your store or your website or, or whatever it is and, and ends up with a solved problem. And oftentimes the best methodology is to start with the perfect experience with just one person get that right, and then figure out how to scale something great instead of scaling something not so great and then trying to improve it. That's really hard to do. Uh, and so I think when you are starting a new business, you, uh, you don't want to go after giant markets. You want to go after small markets, and you want to take over those markets quickly. Constantly seek criticism. Yeah. Uh, a a well-thought-out a well critique of whatever you're doing is as valuable as gold. Um, 
And you should seek that from everyone you can, but particularly your friends. If you're not utilizing an online community, then you're at a disadvantage to those who are. You can be asking online communities what they think about your ideas, or if they have any advice with what you're working on. Not only will you hear from people who are passionate about the subject, but you'll be hearing from people all around the world, each with their own experiences and stories that can help you. And there are a lot of people from whom we can learn a lot. And I think like, you know, the one piece of advice is like, don't underestimate anyone you come across. Ever. Right. Like, whether they're, you know, uh, you know a, a blue collar worker waiting for the bus, or they're, you know, helping you at your, they're the server or bartender at the restaurant, or they're a lower ranking employee. I mean, the smartest leaders I've ever seen have always gone around the room and asked for everybody's opinion. Most startups that fail do it, ultimately, because they did not make something that people wanted. They made something that, um, you know, that they thought people would want, um, but they were either in denial about it, about, you know, whether it was actually any good, um, or somebody else came along and made something that people wanted even more. <laughs> the best piece of advice that, that we've figured out as we've been doing Courseware is not to, not to let other people distract what you're doing. There's always haters that say, your idea is stupid, this idea is never going to work, um, don't even bother doing that because someone else is going to do it before you do. And if we listen to all, those, all that feedback that we were getting, all that negative feedback, we would never have built things, we would never have prototyped things. And that's how we really got to where we are. Like we saw things that we wanted to build, and we just went out and built them. And it turns out when you build stuff that you like to use, um, there's a good chance that there's thousands of other people that want to use it too. And so it's not just about doing focus groups. It's not just about you know, double-checking your vision. It really is about integrating this concept of testing our ideas rigorously throughout the product development process, throughout the marketing process, even as we scale up. But what you really need to do is think about what is the smallest possible test that I can run for this idea, for this concept, for this theory, get it out there, and get customers using it. Because your customers are going to be the ones to tell you if it's really working or not. Like, like there's almost this expectation that you have to have in your mind this, this sort of, I'm going to change the world, sort of, make a dent in the universe kind of, kind of ambition, right? But it's actually okay early on to just kind of solve small problems in layers until you actually get to a point where you have the capacity to do that. What this all comes down to is doing something exceptional for your users, whether it's in community, whether it's in connection, or whether it's in design. This is our big advantage as a startup, is that we can actually get away with doing this. We can make this the core part of why we're doing business. I think you should be spending your money on, on, um, on teaching and, and sharing. And so that might mean hiring a writer or two, perhaps, instead of a marketing person. You know, and start writing and start getting people to listen to what you're saying. You can't talk about yourself all the time because no one's going to come back for that. But you have to talk about things that are relevant to your industry or ideas that you have and start to build that audience up. I do think that one thing that's important is, especially if you're a founder or a technical founder, is to realize that you can't do everything. And even if you can, you shouldn't. You should find a great partner, no matter what it is that you're doing. Um, and you should look for someone who is very high intelligence, uh, very high energy, and very high integrity. And you need all three of those. And you can't compromise on any one of them. Otherwise, you'll end up with uh, either someone who's not smart, which is, does you no good, or someone who's not hardworking, which also does you no good. Or the worst case is you end up with a smart, hardworking crook who ends up working against your interests. And uh, integrity is something that takes a lot of time spent with someone to figure out. The most important thing when you're working with people early is that you guys line up on, on what your goals are. Um, that's, that's really, that sounds really basic, but you can totally 
can be fine. You can want to build a small business um, that makes money and you don't have to go to an office every day. Or you can want to build a huge company. You can want to build Google. But I think you have to be really, really aligned on that. When you know, a lot of corporations have, they might call them core values or guiding principles or so on, but the problem is usually they're very lofty sounding. They kind of read like a press release the marketing department put out. Uh, they sound just like their competitors and maybe you learn about it on day one of your job, but then it becomes this meaningless plaque on the lobby wall. Well, we wanted to come up with committable core values. And by committable, meaning we're willing to hire or fire people based on those values, uh, completely independent of their actual job performance. The definition of values is they're the behaviors or principles that you religiously adhere to within your company. When I say religious, I mean that no amount of data will sway you in, from, from, um, from those principles. And the degree to which that you have the courage to um, maintain your conviction around those ideas is the degree to which you're going to be successful over the long term. A company is simply a group of people. Um, and uh, as a leader of people, uh, you have to be a great listener. Um, you have to be a great motivator. Uh, you have to uh, be very good at praising and looking for the best in people. Um, you know, people are no different from, from flowers. If you water flowers, they flourish. If you um, praise people, they flourish. And, um, and that's a critical attribute of, um, of a leader. Um, so I kind of like half jokingly with, with a lot of people say that, you know, my job is basically like to be, to be the assistant for the rest of the company. Like my job is to, to make sure that like you have what you need um, that it's and, and basically you have everything you need to kick ass like that's my job if you don't have that then let me know because I'm not doing my job you know there are a lot of things that are outside of your control uh, a lot of external circumstances will depend like determine the success of your idea whether you know the market timing is right for this new kind of service um, or whether uh, people you know whether a customer like the economy is right for, for for your kind of service right whether um, you meet the right people who will finance your company um, many, many external circumstances are like outside of your control and like, but will affect the outcome and you, know, you have to like be okay with that. Another quality that I think is important is kind of being flexible-minded or open-minded. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a you know, vision for, for your idea or your product, but you need to be open to changes. So many things go wrong when you're starting a company, and often I think people ask, you know, what mistakes uh, should you avoid making? And, you know, my answer to that question is don't even bother trying to avoid mistakes because you're going to make tons of mistakes, right? And the, the, um, the important thing is actually learning quickly from whatever mistakes you make and not giving up. Right. And I mean, there, there are things every single year of Facebook's existence that could have killed us or made it so that it, it just seemed like moving forward and making a lot of progress just seemed intractable. But you just kind of bounce back and you learn. And um, nothing is impossible. You just have to kind of keep running through the walls. The two things we really zero in on on people are, um, you know, two things. They sound simple. They end up being very difficult. Um, courage and genius. Um, courage is the one we talk about a lot because it's the one that people can learn. Um, you know, courage, courage, which is to say not giving up in the face of adversity, um, you know, just being absolutely determined to succeed, you know, is something that you can, you can like force yourself to do. It can be very painful. You can force yourself to do it. The genius part is a little bit hard to force yourself to do. 
um, you know, courage without genius might not get you where you need to go, but genius without courage almost certainly won't. And I think the reality uh, is just, you know, not quite so glamorous. There's sort of a, there's an ugly side to uh, being an entrepreneur. Uh, and also just more importantly, uh, with what you're actually spending your time on is, is just a lot of hard work. Uh, Sam mentioned this, but you're basically just sitting at your desk, heads down, focused, um, answering customers, customer support emails, doing sales, figuring out hard engineering problems. Um, so it's really important that you kind of like go in with, with eyes wide open. Optimism has a place, but I think even more so for the first time entrepreneur, it, you need to be pragmatically pessimistic. What I mean by that is you need to define all of the worst case scenarios in terms of financial loss, time loss, etc. Look at what you will learn if that happens and accept and come to terms with that before you ever start. If you don't do that and you go straight into battling the world, trying to conquer the world with rose-colored glasses on, the first time you hit a major hiccup, you're going to become really demoralized and you will quit. If you don't love it, you won't make it through the long period of pain that is inevitable. So uh, make sure that you take care of yourself during the process. Make sure that you take care of uh, your mental health, your physical health while you're doing it because it's a long road.
and the top 10 things that entrepreneurs um, hold on to, the things that make us entrepreneurs, and the things that you need to know because everybody needs to be an entrepreneur. If you don't get anything else out of 2020, I know it was supposed to be a great vision. It was supposed to be the perfect everything. And then here we got all hit upside the head with this pandemic and all these other things that are happening. But you need to understand that this is just the beginning. This is your opportunity. This is your season. So here's what you need to know about being an entrepreneur because everybody needs to be an entrepreneur. Why? Because everybody needs multiple streams of income. Why? Because one stream of income is hazardous to your wealth. I don't care what it is. If you only have one of them, then with you lose it, then you are out of everything. So you want to build multiple streams of income. You need to understand that this is not something that is reserved for the wealthy, for the rich, uh, for the smart, uh, for the, you know, none of that. It is for you. So the top 10 things that every entrepreneur uh, basically uh, holds uh, as, as one of our values. Number one, 
entrepreneurs do not understand the word no. We don't understand the word no. You tell an entrepreneur no, then we think, okay, not now. All right, not yet. <laughs> you know, we go back and figure out how to get a yes. And we figure out how to get a yes by any ethical and moral means necessary. Now, we're not going to do anything bad. I know that people are who, there are people who do things bad. But an entrepreneur is going to figure out how to get to a yes. As a matter of fact, successful people are successful because they keep failing. They keep hitting a brick wall, but they do not let themselves stay there. My friend, mentor, and former boss, Russell Simmons, says you cannot fail until you quit. You can't fail until you quit. So the only way it can never happen for you is if you stop. You have to keep going. Entrepreneurs do not understand the word no, and you need to eliminate it from your vocabulary as well. Now, you can say no when you have to set up boundaries. Everybody knows that I say no is a complete sentence. So if somebody is asking you for money, the answer is no, just like that. You don't have to say anything else. You don't have to start coming up with excuses. But when it comes to opportunity, when it comes to your future, when it comes to your grind, when it comes to your next season, you cannot accept no for an answer. Let me tell you how this worked out for me. I was working for one of the world's top financial institutions. I decided I don't want to do this anymore. I wanted to live in what I felt was my purpose, and that was to go into the hip-hop and entertainment industry and help uh, people build wealth. And so I was on a plane ride home from New York to Chicago. When I got home, it was really late. I had to get up really early to take another trip someplace else, um, but I did not go to sleep. I stayed up hours and hours searching for Russell Simmons because he was doing an initiative called Get Your Money Right with Jay-Z, Beyonce, a whole lot of folks. And I thought, hey, I'm supposed to be a part of that. So I found an email finally after hours, hours. Now, how many times have you searched for something and didn't find it in two minutes and then you gave up? You know, one of my kids, I'm not going to tell you which one, but one of my kids, you know, she's not the one that's really going to work really, really hard. If you tell her to go look for something, it could be sitting on the table. But if she just look right here and don't see it, she's going to tell you she can't find it. I'm like, look to your right. Oh, there it is. Okay. So if you are looking for something, trying to get something, trying to get to the next level, trying to figure it out, you can't stop just because you don't see it. You can't stop just because you don't find the answer. Keep going. Keep asking questions. Entrepreneurs do not understand no. We think no means not yet, not now, not today. Um, come up with another way. <laughs> That's what we think. Entrepreneurs do not accept no. Here's the next thing about an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs do not uh, allow uh, external circumstances to dictate our future and to dictate our present. So in other words, an entrepreneur takes matters into their own hands. We take matters into our own hands. So I have been broke. I have been on food stamps. I've had bankruptcy. I've had foreclosure. I've had all those things. None of that defines me. None of that is going to stop me. So I don't care if you've been incarcerated, if you had kids too young, if you lost your job, if you lost your man, if you lost your woman, if you lost whatever it is that you lost. That doesn't dictate your future. If you are sick, God bless you, I'm praying for you, but that does not dictate your future. You've got to decide that you're going to make a way out of no way. And let me tell you something. If you sit still, if you're quiet, if you actually, if you pray, and if, if, you, just, if you just allow yourself to surrender, the answers will come to you. You've got to make a way out of no way. Everything that exists did not exist before it got here. I don't care what it is. 
A computer before it got here didn't exist. A way out of nowhere. Facebook before it got here didn't exist. A way out of nowhere. The pair of shoes, whatever, the house that you live in, before it existed, it did not exist. That's a way out of nowhere. So if you're in your situation, if you're in your circumstances, then you have to say, you know what? What I want does not exist, but I'm going to bring it into existence. I'm going to make a way out of no way, okay? Here's the next thing about entrepreneurs, the good ones, the ones who are grinding and, and getting to the next level. Entrepreneurs want to help other people make money, okay? A true entrepreneur really wants to become what they actually talk about. So if you're an entrepreneur and you're cheap, something's wrong with you. You're not an entrepreneur. You're not an entrepreneur if you're cheap. The very act and the very nature of being an entrepreneur is wanting to create streams of income for yourself and others. And because we live in this world and we cannot do anything by ourselves, we can't do anything by ourselves, then in order for me to make money, you have to make money. In order for me to grow, you have to grow. In order for me to get better, you have to get better. One of the things that I tell my students all the time is this. I am not a good teacher unless you are a good learner. If you are a good learner, then that means that I'm a good teacher, so we need each other. So entrepreneurs believe in the cycle of life. We believe that what goes around comes around, and we put in and we get out, and we want to give to others, okay? So that is one of uh, the characteristics of being an entrepreneur. Here's another characteristic of being an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur has to be able to dream. You have to be able to see beyond your own circumstances. You have to be able to see that you can be wealthy, that you can have a great business, that you can help others, that you can build a community, a business, an online company, or whatever it is, and then you got to believe it. you got to believe what you see. You see, here's the deal. If you can see something, then that means it's for you. If you can see a vision, then that means it's for you. You would not get a vision for something that does not belong to you. Let me give you an example. I've always envisioned being, um, a, a, you know, helping people all over the world with their finances. And guess what? Now I'm helping people all over the world with their finances. Australia, Saudi Arabia, Africa, Europe, Austra any, everywhere, United States, all over. So I saw that and it was possible. I just had to believe it and then I had to do the work. I had to do the work. So you have to do the work. I've never envisioned being an astronaut because that's not for me. I've never envisioned uh, being uh, a scientist. That's not for me. So I am only going to envision what is possible for me, and that's the same thing for you. So you have to be a dreamer if you're going to be an entrepreneur. Here's the other thing, uh, another characteristic uh, of entrepreneurs. Uh, entrepreneurs are always thinking about what's next, Okay. We never get comfortable. We're always thinking about what's next. So I want you, if you are comfortable, if you're in a comfort zone, that means you're actually not comfortable, okay? If you're in a comfort zone, it actually means you're not comfortable. You've just figured out a way to make madness normal. You figured out a way to make mediocre okay. You figured out a way to live beneath your privilege. And an entrepreneur is always thinking about what's next. Now, let me tell you, it's not always easy. As a matter of fact, it's very hard. It's not always fun. As a matter of fact, sometimes it's not downright not fun at all. But it's the only way, okay? It's the only way. So you wake up, 
You get up. You look at what happened yesterday. Whatever the mistake was, I always say, listen, God, teach me the lesson so I can get the blessing. No matter what's happening in your life, no matter what's happening in your life, somebody left you, the company didn't go right, the deal didn't go down properly, your kids didn't do what they were supposed to do, your parents didn't do what they were supposed to do, what's next? Teach me the lesson so I can get the blessing. And the lesson is always for you. The lesson is never what someone else did. The lesson is never how they worked it out. The, ne- the lesson is never how they wronged you, how they, what. The lesson is never that. The lesson is always for you. So what's next? Here's the other thing about being an entrepreneur. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, you got to understand this. You can't quit. Okay? So everything that I've basically said here is about continuing to go, to continuing to go, and continuing to grow. All right? You cannot quit. That's what being an entrepreneur is. And so how many times have you quit on yourself? There have been times in my life where I quit on myself. Yep, I certainly did. I remember early in my life, I decided I just wanted to just stop and do nothing. Have you stopped? Have you stopped? You can't quit. You're still here. You still have breath in your body. You still have the ability to see, think, hear, plan, laugh, live, love, whatever it is. You are still here. That means you can't quit. You have to keep going. I don't care how many times it failed. You know how many times I failed in 20 years? Everything that I do well now, I failed at a whole bunch of times. (laughs) Not just once. Multiple times. I got to the place, how can I even fail at this anymore? Because failing is not even possible. Because I've failed it. Like, there is nothing left to fail at. That's how much I failed. All right? But if you keep going, if you tell yourself the truth, if you accept uh, your own responsibility, let me tell you something. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to throw this in here for you for free. I don't know if I did 10 or 5. I'll have to catch you on the next episode, okay? We'll have to continue.
Brooklyn. Now I'm down in Tribeca, right next to the narrow. But I'll be hood forever. I'm the new Sinatra. And I just clap your hands, everybody. And you got what it takes. Cause I'm Curtis Blow, and I want you to know that these are the brains. He had two brothers and was the son of Howard University graduates. Growing up in the middle-class Hollis neighborhood in Queens, the corner closest to Russell's home was a local drug exchange. This led Simmons to spend part of his youth in a street gang and dealing marijuana. In the years that followed, he hung out at the dance clubs of New York's outer boroughs, where the music was predominantly disco. Here he began his first real job selling fake cocaine. Simmons was at one of these clubs in 1977 when he saw how wild the crowd went over one song from an early rapper named DJ Eddie Chiba and he decided that this was the sound of the future. His future. Simmons was intrigued by the new phenomenon. This new movement had come out of the roughest Bronx and Harlem neighborhoods where performers sang their own rhymes over classic disco funk tracks and it was called Rap. Before there were rap records, and he was a great performer, and I saw him, and my man was promoting these parties. That was his job, and it, you know, it was a, it could get in the club free. You know, you, you, you know, you could. It was the girls liked the promoter, <laughs> so it was it was a good job. You know, and it was a, I had a little, <laughs> good work if you can yeah, get it. Right, right. So, but the music, you know, and the artists, the poetry, what they were doing back then was, was you know, was something I had never seen that inspired me. Russell Simmons began his music career with The Force, a group that promoted parties in Harlem and Queens. The group was joined by cool DJ Kurt, who Simmons went on to manage, persuading him to change his name to Curtis Blow. Simmons began hailing him as the number one rapper in Queens, showing his early flair for a good marketing angle. Around this time, Simmons then decided to start his management company, Rush Management. Also at this time, Rapper's Delight by the Sugar Hill Gang was the first ever hip-hop record on the charts and was storming the country. Although the Sugar Hill Gang's success was viewed as a fluke by the industry, Simmons couldn't get anyone to play Curtis Blow's song. Despite the early lack of interest, Simmons persisted and eventually scored a deal for him with Mercury. This was the first major label deal for a rap artist. He then built on his early management success by working with other New York acts. The company's roster eventually included many important artists in rap's first wave, including Curtis Blow, LL Cool J, and the Beastie Boys. However, it was his brother's group that put Russell Simmons on the map. His brother Joey was the run in Run DMC, which had a loose yet aggressive style of rapping that was also full of wit and incisive social commentary. The group's first single, It's Like That, was released in 1983 and set the tone for the decade. In 1986, 
Simmons scored a major coup when Run DMC released My Adidas, a single extolling the virtues of the group's favorite footwear. Simmons negotiated a multi-million dollar endorsement deal for Run DMC with Adidas, the first of many synergies between hip-hop culture and mass-market branding. make his brother's group immensely successful, especially after he teamed with a white college student from Long Island, heavy rock lover Rick Rubin, and launched Def Jam Records in 1985. With their first office located in Rubin's dormitory room at New York University, they combined their taste for raw, hard rap with a strong sense of street style, and the duo were the first big players on the rap music scene, bringing it to the American mainstream culture. The label's first single was from LL Cool J, I Need a Beat, which in 1985 led to them signing a distribution deal with CBS, giving Def Jam a national retail profile. The label flourished in 1986 when the Beastie Boys' first album, Licensed to Ill, became the first rap album to top the national pop chart. Between 1985 and 1990, Def Jam grew into the biggest and most influential rap label in the music business. We started Red Company because we wanted to manage the process differently. We wanted to have some say-so. We wanted to make albums, not just singles. We wanted to develop artists that had lasting and stable careers, not just, you know, like disco records. I mean, disco mentality managed a lot of the early rap. And you know what? The people who thought that they had a record and not a star. We saw the Beastie Boys were stars. We saw LL Cool J, Slick Rick, whoever, that public enemy. They were stars. They weren't just records. And having spent my whole life loving and appreciating the culture, I see what great contributions it makes, it's made to society today, and what it's done for race relations. You know, to see the Beastie Boys go on tour with Run DMC early on, what that meant, really made a difference in this generation. Since the early 80s, Simmons has been known for his sharp ear and ability to predict the next big thing in music. He helped bring the Beastie Boys to a wider audience, even revived the careers of rock act Aerosmith when Run DMC covered their 1975 hit Walk This Way. shepherd such performers as Will Smith when he was still the rapper known as Fresh Prince, as well as Public Enemy to mainstream success. Yet he claims he didn't invent the rap genre. He explains he was just the first to believe that the artist was bigger than the song. Simmons' personal style as a music manager involved being extremely hands-on with everything creative, from the artist's image to the records to the name. But one cannot forget that Russell is a true hustler with a sharp mind, intense passion, and great creative flair. The main essence of Simmons' success is introducing trends started among African-American youth to a broader audience, and he prides himself on retaining visibility even as a middle-aged business leader. He continues as a social and political activist, expanding Rush Communications, which includes an array of businesses that include a credit card company and an energy drink. 
It seems Russell will never stop expanding his businesses and seeking to make a difference socially, focusing in particular on today's youth. Oh, no. 
right, all right, all right, all right. Peace to the God. What's going down? You sitting right here on the Saturday vibe. Welcome to the show. Uh, this is Essential Skills for Entrepreneurs Night. We're going to be going into some good stuff tonight. Uh, we're going to be joined shortly by one of our fellow entrepreneurs. Uh, make sure that you tune in Monday through Sunday. we got different shows for y'all. Tomorrow we will have the bottom line. Uh, 347-989-0194 you want to call in and get with us um, Now I want to make sure that it's very clear uh, We are Going through a lot of different Transitions with how we're doing Things, we're adding new shows uh, We have a show Every Saturday So if you want to tune in now to our Saturday show Make sure you get in, tell a friend Tell them come over here and get some of this Entrepreneur information we're giving it out every Saturday, all right, like clockwork. Um, now, today, I'm going to go over some essential tools to help you out to make sure that you are properly doing business, all right, and as an entrepreneur and how you're doing your business, right? So, today, we're going to talk about essential skills for entrepreneurs. Now, this is going to be a shorter show today than some of our previous shows. Because I want to make sure um, that we have time to talk about a few things at the end, okay? Now, number one, um, and we're, we're going to get right into this information tonight, right? But number one, one of the most important essential skills for being an entrepreneur is to have curiosity, right? You, you need to be curious about something, right? Because, see, a great entrepreneur is tasked with discovering new problems. If there's not a problem that you're solving, good chances are is that, you know, you're not um, creating money, right? Everybody who's out here really creating money in the marketplace is solving the problem, okay? So I want y'all to really make sure that you're keeping your mind on that. Is there a problem, and am I out here solving the problem? Okay? Have some type of curiosity. Okay? It's really, really important in the marketplace. Right? Especially when you're doing international business, right? See, being an entrepreneur and having some type of uh, curiosity, right, is contingent upon your passion. You gotta have some passion, right? Now, I'm not going to tell you what field you should be passionate in, but you should have some type of passion and curiosity, right, to where you're willing to move outside your comfort zone, right? So one of the great skills of an entrepreneur is having curiosity. You know, they always say curiosity killed the cat, but it didn't kill the entrepreneur. Okay? Now, number two. You need to have time management. This is really, 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 really important, right? You need to learn how to decompose a problem, break it down to its core, right? Reveal the opportunities, okay? But you can't do that if you don't have time management. Proper planning, your execution, all of that is important. See, you got to be in a position where you can say to yourself, okay, how much time do I have in the day? There's 24 hours in the day. How do I break down my time effectively as an entrepreneur 
to ensure, number one, that each hour of my day, I'm doing something productive, right? Aside from the hours that you sleep. See, without time management, nothing is going to lead to your progress, right? So you got to have the right time management. You got to have the right type of project management. Um, They call it time allocation, okay? So you want to write shit down. You want to know what time you get. It's like last week, I I challenged y'all last week to a 90-day challenge, right? Part of that 90-day challenge is getting up early, right? Your time management. It will help you to define milestones in your life. It will help you to reach new heights. Okay? So it's time management. Number three is strategic thinking. All entrepreneurs follow a set plan of strategic thinking. You got to be a strategist. If you don't know strategy, I would recommend that maybe you take some time and play some chess. You know, as that always helps, right? Playing chess... It's a great strategy game. It helps get your mind on strategy. Um, helps to keep you focused, right? Helps to have you figure out solutions, identify problems, right? Which goes back to the curiosity of it, right? So you need to identify a problem, right? But when you're doing strategic thinking, you're figuring out creative solutions, and then you're identifying the problem. Right, so you need you need to define the scope of the problem. Right, you need to test some new concepts in your mind, right, and things of that nature. Um, so you need to have a strategic plan when you're being an entrepreneur. It's very important to be strategic. Oh, by the way, I want to you know invite some people to this show, man. Um, you know this show ain't quite like the Sunday shows. So you know, and for whatever reason, everybody wants to do commerce. But they don't want to sit in on the show about commerce. It's crazy to me, right? But anyways, um, so let's let's go to the next one, right? And and like I said, this, these are really important steps when you're working to become more effective. So the first step is curiosity. The second step is your time management. The third step is your strategic thinking. You need to be a strategist when you're out here in the field of business. The fourth step is your efficiency. How efficient are you? How efficient are you with your time management? How efficient are you with your strategy? See, efficiency correlates with high performance. You know, Dan Pina, we always play his clips. He talks about high performance culture. High performance leads to high money. It leads to high assets. It leads it leads to uh, high valuation. You understand? So efficiency is really important. Now I like to apply the eighty twenty rule, right, and other techniques for yielding higher results in the less time. It's really important to do that. Now I'm gonna give y'all the eighty twenty rule. Okay. So. The 80-20 rule roughly is that 80%, right, of your effectiveness should be better than 20% of your effectiveness in a sense. They actually call it the the particle principle, right? It's also known as the 80-20 rule, and it's the law of vital few or the principle of 
uh, what they call factor sparsity, right? Now, anytime you do this 80-20 rule, mathematically, the 80-20 rule is roughly followed by the power law, uh, distribution rule, right? Now, um, anytime you do 80-20, 80-20 rule actually could make 80% of your work disappear, right? So if you study business or economics or any of these subjects, you should be really familiar with the 80-20 rule. Okay? So, and I, and I task y'all to take some time to, to look into the 80-20 rule, right? But switching between different chores and then progressing effectively throughout your day will lead to more high efficiency. So you got to be efficient in what you're doing. Because if you're not efficient, you're not effective. Effectiveness. All right. Now the next one, and I, and I like this one, right? Is resilience, right? To be an effective entrepreneur, you have to be resilient. You got to be able to handle rejection. You got to be able to handle stress. You got to be able to handle the burnout. You got to be able to handle your lack of focus when you don't feel like focusing. You got to be able to handle slow progress when shit ain't moving as fast as you want it to. That's resiliency. See, determination is eagerness, right? To fight the same dragon. Basically, you get up every single day, you do the same shit every single day. It's called resiliency. See, but when it comes to building your business from the bottom up, from scratch, you got to be able to be willing to be in the trenches. Day after day after day after day after day, year after year, until that motherfucking business is built. It's called resilience. You know what I'm saying? Now, this next one I, I really like, and it's a true art form, and a lot of people uh, fail with this particular art form because they don't really understand the art. Behind this, right? But the true art behind any business is communication. Communication is an art form, believe it or not, right? How you communicate with people, your effectiveness. Are you effectively communicating with your employees? Are you effectively communicating with uh, your other entrepreneurs around you? How effective are you? So, communication. Okay? Now, concise. And clear communication when you're dealing with people is very, very, very paramount to each and every interaction that you have, right? With your clients, your partners, your peers, um, your prospects, right? Your family members, if they, if you're running a family uh, business, right? You got to be able to communicate. Hell, you got to be able to communicate with, with your loved ones. You know, just people who you're not in business with. So don't think that it's any different when it comes down to doing business with people in the entrepreneur world. Okay? Now, number seven is about networking, right? You need to grow a network. Your network is your net worth. I'll say it again. Your network is your network. See, for every person that you help, that you 
that you have a network with, right? Every person that you deal with um, that, that helps you to grow your network, helps you to create new business opportunities. They help you to create new partnerships, new deals, new subcontracting partnerships. They help you have future employees that's going to come work for you, right? This expands your horizon. Right? Now, part of networking is having good PR, which is public relations, right? And your public relations conveys communication. It conveys how good your network is. That's part of networking. So remember, your network is your network. Okay? Now, number eight is really important. And some people will start a business and not know shit about this. But this is finance. Right, and a good entrepreneur will stumble his way right to finance. <laughs> Literally, you'll stumble your way right to finance. So, um, and, and when I when I say you'll stumble your way to finance, this is what I mean, right? Finance. God, how can I put this to y'all? Finance is your resource, right? Um, it essentially will properly carry carry you into the future of your business, right? So handling your resources properly, handling your money properly, doing your banking correctly, doing your accounting correctly, right? This will help you get a better ROI. ROI stands for return on investment, okay? Now, let me just... Um, let me give y'all something here. Okay. Now, a lot of people, you know, or some people call it the rate of return or the return on investment, but this is the ratio between your net profit, right, over a period of time and the cost of investment, right, a result from an investment of some resources at a point in time, right, and a high rate of return or rate of investment means that the investments gain uh, comparably more to its cost. So basically, how much money are you going to make when you put in on an investment? Your ROI. This is your finance, right? Now, a good business owner will take time and go figure out their finances. A good business owner will take time and they'll go figure out, okay, if I don't have enough money, how can I make more money? And then when I make that money, how can I double, triple, and quadruple that money. That's finance. Okay? Number nine, branding. You need to build a consistent... And by the way, we're going to have a very, very, very important show coming up this month on branding. We're going to have uh, Kathy from the PR group come in. Her name is Kathy Lau. She's going to come in from the PR group. She's going to talk to us about branding, right? But branding is a consistent personal and business brand. So what's your brand? Are you your brand? Right? So you talk to Jonah, Jonah Bay, that's his brand, right? Make More Commerce is my brand, but Joey L, that's also my brand, right? So uh, Kellogg, that's a brand. Pepsi is a brand, right? All of these things are brands. Michael Jordan, that is a brand, right? His name is his brand. 
So everything you do as a brand, you got to be able to bring, and that's actually probably one of the most effective and important tools in being an entrepreneur is learning how to brand yourself. Once y'all learn how to brand yourself, oh, God, you're going to win. You're going to really win. Okay? Because it's development. It's igniting brand awareness, right? It's, um, it's tailoring people to come towards you specifically based off of who you are, what you can do, what your value in the marketplace is. Okay? Now, number 10 on, on my most effective list in rules for entrepreneurs. Y'all ready? Number 10 is sales. How's your sales? Right? Are your sales uh, comfortable to you? Right? Do you feel like you need to do more outreach to the community? Should you reach out to more people? Are you creating more business opportunities? See, finding the right sales channels, right, will help you to develop your pocketbook. So you got to be more predictable, predictable, predictable with your revenue, your growth, the opportunities that come from your revenue. You got to be able to predict that. Okay, if I do this, I think I can predict that I can get this much out of it. But it's a really important tool. It's a really important skill. Right? So the ability to manage your money. Really, really important. But now, um, you know, I talked about productivity and, and productivity is really big because you cannot be a productive entrepreneur, right? And do and not do all of these things that we talked about. Okay. You have to take some time and educate yourself. If you don't have the education that you need, go find the education, go take the free classes, hop on some of these shows and listen to the shows. Right. Really important that y'all do that. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Um, I got a couple more things that we're going to go over. This is a short show today. Um, And we'll be right back. Keep it locked. Turn me up in the top a little bit, dawg. Want some notes. Want some hear this one. Loud and clear. Bright and early. Listen. I don't want hate players. I don't love the game. I'm the shot clock. Way above the game. To be point blank with you, motherfuck the game. I got all this work on me. I ain't come for play. You can show the little shorties how you bump and fake. But dog, not to death. I'm not impressed. I'm not amused. I'm not confused. I'm not the dude. Grown man minutes, I am not in school Put your hand down, youngin', this is not for you On my J-O with beats by Kanye-O My name on the market, your name off the payroll South fresh like I'm still a day-old And it's been like that since the day-old I'm on time with a roll of your Seiko Step on deck, your neck, do what I say so Get up or get out, get down or lay low Standing in the shadow of a fabulous man 
Brooklyn nigga, Black I am that nigga, that dude, Black people, let's move, shout out to my man Talib Kweli, yes, we a chopper chopper, shotta shotta, check it out, Slim nigga, to cast a big shadow, Cherokee red to shoot the long arrow, got more skill, more aim, and more ammo, you can get it all from a big or small barrel, like Hail Mary, full of grace, niggas come in and shoot up the place and make it pull up your face, Deck, I'ma pull out the ace From the jungles of the Empire State Where it ain't no escape 247-718 And that's like every night, every day From the place that I settle and stay To the states I'm collecting my pay Blast off in the back of the K Hold it down so my family straight Represent in a family way Pro ball, not for amateur play Been raw since the amateur stage Before the press that the cameras raised Like a long time handling way You understand straight? Yes. No doubt. Yes. Excellent. It's what it is, what it is, and that's what it is. See? See? Ha. Fire! Cause it is deeper, sweeter, richer, crisper. Stronger reception and sharper picture. Revolve around God and involve a nigga. These elements help evolve my scripture and make most of a classic modern figure. Brooklyn, it don't matter if you holler or whisper. You're coming through clear cause I'm right here with ya. Ain't gotta edit your slang, I got it, I get you. Yo, brothers and sisters, fathers and mothers and lovers and leavers, the doubters, believers, the sayers, the quitters, the bitches, the niggas, rebel gorillas, the ghetto civilians. Y'all can feel it from the first to the many of this extra. Ordinary and plain, I walk a thousand places of light ahead of the game. By the time you get where I'm standing, I'll be gone. Y'all make moves, but y'all just move wrong. I move in and y'all must move on. Cause I move too strong, and I know what my feet move for. Make it go without a brand new car. I was fresh without a brand new song. I give a fuck about what brand you are. I'm concerned what type of man you are. What your principles and standards are. You understand me, y'all? Be good to your family, y'all. No matter where your families are, cause everybody needs family, y'all. Raise a hand, you understand me, y'all. Everybody needs family, y'all. Be good to your family, dog. Understand. No matter where your families are, everybody needs family, dog. Raise your hand, you understand me, Paul. That's what it is. My man. Family of my family, Pistol P. Radio Network, where the evolution is the revolution.
Hello? Uh-oh, can y'all hear me? I can hear you now. Okay, there we go. Peace to God. I think they muted my mic. All right, so uh, welcome to the show. Uh, peace to God, bro. So, sorry, man, I've been talking. I thought I thought that uh, my mic was open. So uh, welcome to the show, dog. Um, real quick. Peace to God. Peace, bro. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. So real quick, um, y'all, if y'all want to get in on our group economics, make sure that you hit me. Uh, at makemorecommerce at gmail.com or you can hit me in the private if you got my private line get in on our group economics alright so before we went to the break we're talking about uh, the most important skills tonight for entrepreneurs so number one is your curiosity number two is your time management three is your strategic thinking four is your efficiency five is your resilience Six is your communication skills. Seven is your networking skills. Eight are your finances. Nine is your branding. And ten is your ability to accrue sales. Okay? So I challenge each one of y'all, man, to go back and take a look at each one of these things in your business and see how you're doing. Make a checklist. See how you're doing. So what up, Dart? Welcome to the show. Um, yeah, thank you for joining us tonight. No so, I wanted to talk to you, and I appreciate you coming on because you're a business owner, you're successful in your business, right? Not everybody has to be a celebrity or shit like that to have a successful business, right? Or, or, or be making millions of dollars a year because you can have a successful business doing what you're doing. So, I want you to break down to us um, what you do, where you're from, uh, what your businesses are, and then we'll get into it. Okay, okay. Uh yeah, so I'm I'm from Milwaukee. I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh small town, you know, uh, in Milwaukee. The Milwaukee Bucks, Green Bay Packers. You know what I'm saying? The big Jack. So uh mm-hmm. so uh my business is my business is I I run a few businesses. Um I actually have three running right now. You know, well, two and a half really, because the truck and I, I, I shut it down for a minute because things ain't right out here. But uh, I also I have a trucking business. I have a printing company in which we do we do all kinds of shirts, hats, uh, clothes. We actually can uh, if somebody had an idea for a brand, we actually can produce that brand for them. Um, and my main business is my breadwinner right now. It's uh this training. I'm um, actually doing training. I got some contracts with the state 
with the state of Wisconsin, and uh, we doing training. It's like uh, forklift training, Microsoft okay. training, you know, stuff like that. Training, training. Uh, excuse me. Uh, training. Um, let's say people on uh, on uh, state benefits. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Say, uh, you know, a uh, mother of. A guy want to get trained. We actually work with a lot of the fathers because we also got a contract with a child support, child support agency here. And what okay. they do is we try to get we try to get cash child if if cash enroll in our program, they get fifty percent knocked off some of their uh, arrears and and medical expenses and stuff like that from child support. So it'd really? be incentives for That's them to cool. yeah. Yeah, we got a uh, contract with child support in this uh, company called Pathways, some government shit. And, um, you know, my people that introduced me to it, you know, had all these connections, but really didn't have the people. So that's how I got in on it. I just just got to had a business mind. Like, I would never thought I'd be doing nothing like this. You know what I'm saying? As far mm-hmm. as the, the training mm-hmm. shit. You know what I'm saying? The other stuff, the trucking, was st- strategically planned out. The uh, print company, the the manufacturing little thing that was strategically planned out, but this this training thing came about. Somebody brought it to me, and I had one end of it, and they had the other end of it. They knew all the people where the money was from the state. You know what I'm saying? They knew where the money Good. was from the state. So I jumped on board with that. And, yeah, exactly, and I. I had the guys that needed the help. You know, I'm from the streets. You know what I'm saying? Been running the streets since I was 12 and 13. Was homeless at 13, actually. You know what I'm saying? So I've been mm-hmm. running these Milwaukee streets, so I know some of everybody anyway. You know what I'm saying? So that's where my, my networking came in. At, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's why they thought, like, Dart know everybody. I know he can get these people in there. So I knew the cats that needed the help. So now we got cats certifying cats in forklift training and getting them jobs and getting some of their child support knocked off. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So okay, I'm helping help the really brothers. Let me ask you some questions there, man, for people who may be interested. Okay. How, how exactly do you go about accomplishing the task of getting government contracts? Okay. Well, on my people, actually, you just you look for a niche. You look look for a little niche in it, like what what's needed, you know, in the community for you know for resources, basically any kind of resources. It can be, um, it can be anything. Actually, I'm promise you it can. It could be I make sure the sidewalks clean somewhere. You know what I'm saying? You talk to the right people. You talk to two or three people, like the aldermen. Or somebody like that, or it's it's so many ways you can get that state money, man. Like it's crazy. And I'm just now figuring this out with this new business that's been going for like a year and a half. And it's you get them relationships with the with the council people. You know what I'm saying? With some and they they don't be knowing nobody to to do this, stuff. but you get get in good with them and 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 build a rapport with them. And then it's basically networking with the with the you know the council people and the state people and stuff like that, bro. Okay, okay. So 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 let me ask you this: when when you was first getting into this, um, did you already have 
um, the concept in your head or, or was it just a concept that came specifically because you saw a need in your community? Man, bro, when when, when the person that brought it to me, when that, I had this already in me. You know what I'm saying? I had the need to do something, you know, to try to help in some kind of way. But the opportunity just came, bro, and I had my eyes open to it. You know what I'm saying? That's the best way I can explain it. You know what I'm saying? I had my okay. eyes open to the opportunity, and then, you know what I'm saying, I went for it. Okay. So, so, so now... So now, when you operate in a business like yours and you got to get government contracts, talk to us about some of the things that need to be done in the business to even receive these type of contracts. Like, what are the stipulations that have to be set up? Basically, uh, pretty much just bonds, like probably some bonds, depending on what you're doing. Like, say you uh, you want to just train people in uh, CBRF. Or let I'm I'm gonna say with my thing with forklifts. Say you want to be a forklift training and, and training for the state. The e the route I went is going to the state agencies that you know food stamps and uh, healthcare benefits, free shit, the welfare the welfare basis. You go down okay. there, and they have a list. They have a list of training that they provide. Like if you you can be a provider. You know, you could be a provider of forklift training, but on their list. You know what I'm saying? On their list, so all the all the um, welfare recipients that have to do some type of training or get a job to receive the benefit. What you do is you get on that list, and then you get to train those people that's constantly coming through. Like you, you, you can have a clientele. Like they're gonna send the people anyway. You know, a lot of people that need this help. It's just gonna go that much faster, and that's what mine did. But you just uh, basically get on the um, the training list for your state, for that training list for the state, and then basically you know get on there and figure out what you can do because they got a list of all the shit. And it's called here. It's called the EPTL list, the certified okay. certified training thing. You know, just get on the certified trainers list for your state. And then you pretty much can, you know, fish around from there. What you want to okay. do. Okay. 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 Now, now, how costly is it when, when you want to, you know, venture into getting into a business like this? You know, give us an idea of how costly it is. Bro, uh, <laughs> it, really, it really didn't cost nothing. Like, it really didn't cost nothing. I promise you it was okay. like zero dollars invested. You know what I'm saying? Well, when you paying when you paying for say I had to pay for the forklift curriculum. You know what I'm saying? Okay, five hundred bucks, but taking off you making twenty five hundred ahead though. You know what I'm saying? Five hundred bucks for a one time fee for the forklift certification for to do a certified forklift class. Certified in that. Now you training the people, you get twenty five hundred ahead from the state though. They paying you they they came today. Make sure they in there. Make sure they come do their training. And I'll be doing a little mentoring and, you know, dropping some game on the guys. You know what I'm saying? Turning them on the information. It's just working out great. You know what I'm saying? It's just working okay, out that's great dope. for me. That's real dope. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's how I'm catching. Like, a lot of these niggas I know anyway, 
and a lot of them mm-hmm. know me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm exactly. saying? So it already works out for you. Yeah, they need this help. I'm helping them. They helping me. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, bro, you get anywhere from twenty five. 2000, it, it's what you negotiate. I negotiated, me and my partner negotiated 2500 ahead. You know what I'm saying? And they gave it to us, but I my had bad. an inside That's liquor. My bad. Yeah, man. I, man, listen, the, our first six months, we ran through 100 head. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> ran through 100 head. You know what I'm saying? So it was a crazy in the first six months of doing it. And like I said, it, it's money there and it ain't it ain't a lot like this community I share the fuck out of it with with this community right here you know what I'm saying but I don't just randomly talk about it because many people can't pull it off you know what I'm saying right right exactly so you know yeah you ain't lying this is true this is true so 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 let me ask you this then um how, how do you if at all advertise this particular service um and and if you don't advertise, does the government do it for you? Yes, they do. They have, like I said, they have, you know, the welfare recipients that's coming in where, like, okay, well, it's, uh, John Doe, he want to receive state benefit, but he has to do either one, training, two, job, well, actually training, job search, and then, you know, get the certification and that to keep receiving the benefit. So he got a double incentive to, you know, go ahead and do what he needs to do. With most of the guys that come through, no job, you know what I'm saying, looking for work. So I'm finna train y'all up, find y'all a job in this field, because I got the job. We got, you know, networking, getting, getting job connections and all that. So how I advertise it was basically like, I know a lot of people, fam. You know what I'm saying? I know a lot of people right, here that right. need so, so it was word of mouth. Yeah, word of mouth for me, but you still get the people regardless from the state because they just coming through anyway. And say you got say you got a person inside, which I did have, a person inside that can funnel the people to you and make it go a little smoother for you. You know what I'm saying? I was like, when I jumped in it, fam, I was like kind of like already seeing how this need to go. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's cold networking, man, but you can I know nobody, but you still got a cousin, uncle, a brother, somebody that ain't doing shit that you can train and make cohort. You can even make them come through the shit. Man, we got $100 gift cards. You getting your child support reduced, nigga, come on through. I can help you a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And get you a job if you're serious. A lot of niggas don't go for the job, but most niggas do. So, but they still get they, you know, they still benefit all the way around, bro. And like I said, the state gonna send them, and it's on you to get get even more. Okay, so let me ask you this, um, and, and, and this is really crucial, right? Because you know, a lot of people, um, you know, especially with the information that we teach. Um, are, are scared to deal with the state. Do you feel like that, that that pulls you into the public by doing business like that, or are you still able to do business successfully? Um, right. Operating right. your structure. That is a great question. That is a great question. Uh, my partner, right? And I, I go through them. You know what I'm saying? I go through, you know what I'm saying? 
I, I go through them. They they on the front line, handling all of that, and I'm in the back. You know what I'm saying? Playing the background. Still getting private, running through the LLC. You know what I'm saying? This, okay. You know, doing business ass and all that. So, so what you're I'm, telling I'm, me is that the government said that you do business how you want to do your business. Say it again. So what you're telling me is that the, the government will still allow you to do business how how you choose uh, to have your yes. structure set up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. They can't. They ain't, ain't, ain't nothing they can really do. You know what I'm saying? Because it's coming through. It's coming through a third party, and then it's coming through a LLC and a DBA and all that. You know what I'm saying? And I understand I can be three motherfuckers at once. You know what I'm saying? I understand mm-hmm. that. So, you know what I'm saying? Me, you know, steady working my way towards the private is my ultimate goal. You know what I'm saying? But still got to get some money some way, somehow. So, you know, that's all I'm, you know what I mean? That's why I'm going with it, bro. I'm I'm, I'm still going private and, like I said, I'm, I'm doing business ass. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Okay, good, 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 good. Exactly. Yes, I do. Okay, so so let me ask you this. Um, you know, when you have a business like this, how how do you maintain the success of of a business like this with your other businesses, um, and stay organized? Hmm. Good question. Another good question. It's hard. It's it's it's, it's hard as fuck. I ain't gonna lie. But I used to run the streets, and that shit was even harder. You know what I'm saying? So, Word. Word. Really hard. You know what I'm saying? As I got older and shit, I was like, this shit is like real hard now. You know what I'm saying? But what I do for how I juggle all three basically is I got a nice team with me. You know what I'm saying? I got a nice little team. You know, and they female. You know what I'm saying? I don't have one nigga working with me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, the females that I work with, they down as fuck. And they fuck with me and we get the job done. And it's for the betterment of the goddamn trust. You know what I'm saying? And that's okay. how we moving. Okay. Man. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so, so that, that brings me to my next question then. Right? Because if you got people that's down with you... um they would almost be like employees. So now, do you have employees? And if you do have employees, um, and uh, or what would you call them if they're not employees? Um, and what do you look for when you're bringing people in? Um, as a businessman, what what I look for is okay. Like, what I look for is okay. Say you some, you 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 talking to me? You know I'm on something. You know I'm on something. You like, man, I need to holler at dude. I need to network with him. So you 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 come and holler at me and be like, Hey man, what you up to? I I wanna do what you doing. You know, I back in the day the little homie used to come, hey man, I wanna I want what's up with you? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that person or a person that asks me what I'm on and they they really trying to check me out, not even on no snake shit, but like, man, how can I get down? Man, I'm 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 with whatever, you know, basically Selling themselves to see what's going on. I ain't got no problem with dropping the game on a person, but that's what I look for. Like somebody that's hungry and that that got a business mind. Like even if it's your business, 
Joey got a business, and I can see myself making money within your business and making you money. I'm like, oh, shit, fam, I, I know what you're doing. I see what you're doing. I can help you out with that. I just, you know, see yeah, where I can get different. some money in between. Yeah, I see where I can get some money in between. And, yeah, I come fuck with you. I work with you. You know, I don't consider nobody employees, really, because I, I want okay. things to kind of be like, Family-oriented, so the people I work with kind of want to see them win. Well, I, not kind of. I do want to see them win. So, I, I, you know, give them the opportunity. That's all you can really do is give somebody the opportunity until they show otherwise. And that's how I, okay. that's how I okay. pick my people. Okay. So so, so let, let me ask you this, man, and, and this, this will help some people. Um, what, what would you say are important qualities? when you're running a business and being successful that you need to have? Important qualities. Shit, you gotta be diligent. You gotta, whatever you think, whatever you dream of, you gotta do it down into the T. You know what I'm saying? Follow that, follow that, that idea you got or whatever and stick with it. If they do, you know, finish it out. Make sure you follow through with your plan. Don't never stop. Uh, if y'all want to jewel on that, on never stop, stop doing what you're doing. Because if you own something, you own something. Rather, it, it works sooner than later. Um, it's called Acres of Diamonds by um, uh, um, the hell is this dude's name? Um, Earl Nightingale. Acres yeah. of Diamonds. You can find it on YouTube, uh, Earl Nightingale. It's a little short little story that make a whole lot of sense, but it basically tell tell niggas don't you know don't stop. You know you you, you the diamonds in your backyard. Just you know find the right hole to dig in. So, um, but yeah, bro, that's how I, that's how I do it though. I I really just okay. don't quit. Stay diligent. Do what I say I'm gonna do. See the, see the better vision of it. You know what I'm saying? See it, see an upside to it. Like, do this have an upside? I was uh, barbering for a long time. You know, ever since I was like 13, that was my little hustle to give me some money to eat and shit. So, um, okay. I was cutting hair, and I always seen like a barbershop. I I had two barbershops, and I never really seen like I can't have no. It's a limit on my day. You know what I'm saying? I can't make. I can't make ten thousand dollars in a barbershop in one day. You know what I'm saying? Like so. Right. Exactly. So that's why I was like, this thing gonna I ain't gonna get to where I need to get doing this. You know what I'm saying? Rather I own the shop or not, I can't do it. This ain't going This ain't enough for me. So I got out of that shit and just expanded my game and just opened the whole shit up and shit came trucking. I had years. The, the, the game playing the game, trying to get a job with them with a felony on your back. So I had to come through the back door and start my own company with that. And then the clothes and shit always had a little thing for clothes. So yeah, man, just stick with your plan. If you got a dope-ass plan, rather it be, you know, you got seven of them, you know, just step-by-step, complete each one of them. And then just just keep going with it, y'all, for real. Okay. So, so, you know, and I think this is interesting, right? Because because you have more than one business. So, um, do you operate any of your businesses on a national level? Do any uh any buy or sell? Like uh, you know, with like um uh, what is that? Um, 
uh, uh, what is that shit called? I can't even think of it right now. Um, um, e-commerce. Yeah, like well, well, e-commerce, but I'm also thinking of um, like uh, what's the site that we use? Uh, it's, I just drew a blank. Well, it, it, it can be Etsy, but but are you doing any 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 buy Shopify. sell or trade? Oh. No, not Shopify. It's it's uh it's what's the damn site me and Jonah use all the time? Alibaba. Thank you. There we go. So are you are yeah, you doing anything yeah. like Alibaba or anything like that for your yeah. business to bring in products yeah. to help you out? Yes, sir. Hell yeah, I'm fucking with Alibaba and uh like I said, uh I got some dope ass people behind me, some women. I got some dope ass women behind me. You know what I'm saying? And uh she she been running the shoe store. Actually, she's my son's mother. She been running the shoe store for about five years, strictly online, and she didn't got into the clothes and you know all that end of it. We got vendors. You get that relationship with the vendors, and uh, yeah, you get that shit for cheap and sell that shit wholesale, or you can you know play with it, brand it. You know what I'm saying? We branding shit and all kind of shit. So. I'm really funneling through them. You know what I'm saying? Really getting it done through them. So I can play the background and really put my foot in this this uh twenty five to thirty five hundred ahead thing. You know what I'm saying? So I'm okay. just really okay. just pushing them forward on that. But yes, yes, we do deal with that, bro. We do do the the, okay. the, the, the talk the, talk to us a little bit about your about your about your uh your buy selling trade though when it comes to Spending money on it and how that looks. Okay, well, when you ordering, you probably tell my far as you ordering. Well, the more you, mm-hmm. the more you order, the more you order, the cheaper it is. You know what I'm saying? So we figure out, figure out what you need to get a bulk of, and then even before that, you can have some, you know, have some buyers already set up for it. You know, I got this. I can get you ten of these or twenty of these pieces. For this number, and you already, you know, have a sale already made type shit. But yeah, I that's what I do. Like I figure out what somebody want and how many pieces they want. I buy it, upsell that shit, and be happy. Get to them for a nice price, and everybody happy. Okay. okay. And online, so bro, um, online, I do yeah, a lot. Yeah, online. Uh, online. Etsy. Yeah, tell, tell, yeah, yeah. Etsy. How you use Etsy? Tell us how you use Etsy. I'm, I'm, Etsy always, I'm always curious about Etsy. Yeah, Etsy is Etsy is dope, man. You get a lot of different crazy hits on Etsy, man, from all over the world, man. It's all it's like worldwide, and it's um a lot of products on there, man. You can sell a lot of products. Etsy kind of monitor it, you know what I'm saying, to make sure everything on the up and up. Like if you sell something to somebody. And um, and it ain't you know to their specifications that they make you uh, describe the shit in the in the uh, description, and it if it ain't to the uh, to the description that they want, then Etsy looks like the mediator in between it, and it's like no the customer right or no the uh, seller was right. It's like a term that you gotta agree to with the Etsy thing, and it's it's pretty dope to me, and it's like you get. Just like any other site, you go and buy, buy anything. Sam. Like when I say anything, it's everything on that joint, like Amazon or some damn new. But uh, right, we right. do a lot of now. Now, uh, what other sites did you use 
in addition to equity. We got a Shopify set up. We got a website set up. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, all that type of shit. I don't do too much advertising. I let them do it. You know I'm saying I might do something here and there, but I really ain't the. I didn't backed off of social media, and I rather like not have a face and then just like have a have a you know what I'm saying a brand rather than a face. That's what I'm working on now, the real brand. So you know what I'm saying get into that like that but I do it because I know I got to but it would be for personal mm-hmm. use for me but my people behind me like I said they do that heavy and I just kind of coach along and you know with how I would like to see the shit done you know what I'm saying I got a hand okay. in it but I got my people they, they solid and they it's what they want to do too so works out for everybody Okay, all right, so, bro, so, um, we sitting in with my man, Dart, and go ahead, tell us the name of your businesses one more time for those who may have missed it. Uh, the, the trucking company is Slab Logistics, LLC, and the, um, uh, Customized Life Printing is a, it's a company with the clothes and stuff, along with, uh, Fashion Asylum, and, uh, the training company is Simple Step, LLC. And all I'm based out of Milwaukee. Okay. All right. So uh, we're going to come right back. And we're going to ask you some more questions. We're going to keep this going. We're going to take us a quick break. Y'all want to get in and holler at my man. Ask him any questions about his business. Feel free to holler at him. Um, yeah. Call the number is 347. Quick. I'm tipsy too, dog. I've <laughs> 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 got on the radio like that. Look, 347-989-0194, y'all. We're going we, we gonna to come right back. We're going to take a real, real quick break. And we'll come back and ask you a couple more questions, man. And then, we, and then we'll release the lines. All right, push up, push up, push up. Okay, all right. We'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after these messages on Evolution Radio.
higher realm of the heaven, of the realm of the secret innermost chamber of the subconscious chamber of the soul of man and woman, and this power bursts forth and emanates forth from him to set in motion a universal order based on principle and law. All of this set in motion by a divine power and a divine force that never dies. It's constant. It just changes forms. God is in man. Can't be in any man. He's got to be in the original man. Because if God is the first and everything comes from him, then he can't wait for anything else. He brings everything else into existence. There could be no white man if there were no black man. It is biologically and genetically impossible for the recessive white man to produce the dominant yellow baby. Biologically and genetically impossible for the recessive yellow man and woman to produce the dominant brown baby. Biologically and genetically impossible for the recessive brown man and woman to produce the dominant black baby. But that black man and his woman, the father and the mother of it all, can produce black, can produce brown, can produce red, can produce yellow. And if the seed runs wild or mutates in the womb of the black woman, can even produce an albino, something which is whiter than white. 180 degrees in either direction. All right, all right, all right. Peace to the gods. We're back. We got my man Dar sitting in with us. We're sitting right here on the Saturday Vibe on the New Evolution Radio Network. Now, uh, Dart, thank you for joining us, man. Um, we're going to go over a couple more questions real quick, man, and then if we don't have uh, much callers, I'll I'll, uh, I'll let you go go about your way because I, I know you uh, your time is valuable. So, real quick, I, I want to ask you a few things about being an entrepreneur, you know, because you've been one for a long time, and I think your perspective is valuable here, right? Um, okay. So, my first question is: is what would you do differently uh, from the time you started your own businesses until now, if you could go back? Man, I would have did that shit a long time ago. I would have started way sooner with whatever it was. You know what I'm saying? I'd have started okay. way sooner. That's the that's the only thing I would have did. Me personally would have did different. I'd have I'd have started way sooner and, and, and made shit happen legally instead of being stuck in the whirlwind of the streets and shit. You know, that was that that's me personally. Well, and okay, so you would have started sooner. I would have started sooner, fam. I, I had, I, I always like, I never wanted to really fuck around in the streets because I had basketball dreams and shit. You know what I'm saying? But I started seeing other successful people just not even in the streets. I had got exposed to some, you know, some cats that was doing great. Well, I hustled, so I'm like, man, I rather I want to do what them niggas doing because they ain't got to worry about this. You know what I'm saying? So I always had that. I want to get some legal money some way, somehow. And, you know, just basically 
shit running with it just you know having the mind to do it though that's it not be scared take that risk okay okay that's good now look, let me ask you this um do do you think that uh there are a lot of risks that you face in being an entrepreneur yes yes it and is. so what kind of risk uh you can lose it all um you lose friendships uh you really can you know get 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 got like do a bad deal or something send your money somewhere that didn't happen to me like two or three times send your money somewhere trying to get some product and it'd be a whole scam never received none uh it's a lot of risk in it man like but you gotta what i learned is you know if you're thinking thinking something gonna happen something's usually gonna be gonna make happen something gonna happen so i try to keep a, a positive mindset on on the risk and uh just have a backup plan Shit, have a backup plan make sure you got a backup plan Whatever you whatever you doing, I ain't saying you can't risk it all, put all your marbles in, but you know, still gotta have a backup plan or somebody that, you know, can pull you out of that hole on standby. You know what I'm saying? That's watching you. You know what I'm saying? Like I could be like, Joey, bro, I'm gonna go try this, fam. If I if I make it happen, we good. But if it but if I miss, fam, I might need you. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm exactly. saying? So you gotta have that, you know that solid foundation around you so you can take the risk and if they need to support you or, you know, kick you in the ass to scoot you along, then that's what's up. So fuck the okay. risk, y'all. Right. Take, take them risks. Fuck the risk, right? Yeah. yeah. Take, 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 take those risks, man. Yeah. Don't worry about them. Yeah, okay, don't so, worry. All right, I've got a couple more questions for you. A couple more quick questions for you now. Um, now, now, as an entrepreneur, right, a lot of times, um, you know, people deal with the issue of finance, right, and, and getting finance, getting loans, having enough capital to do things. Uh, what suggestions would you give people who are listening um, to help them get finance, to help them finance their business, to have working capital? Oh, man. I've got to get on that business credit. They got to get on that business credit, man, and working that business credit. You know, that's that's how them that's how them people be doing it. Like we be using our hard on cash, but we understand that business credit and how that business credit work for that LLC, and understand that shit. Like, you know how we study this information. You know, study the you know the freedom information. You got to study that business, that business credit, and how you get that money from them people, man. You can ask for it. Um, you know, you can, you know, get it in the business credit. Just make sure you know what you're doing. It's a few steps. I was building mines within four or five months and was able to get plenty out their ass. You know what I'm saying? But doing what mm-hmm. I need to do with it, doing the right shit with it, not fucking it off or, you know, I'm rich or some shit. No, we finna make this make this thing go where it's supposed to go. So the finances is in that business credit. Your good your regular credit too. You know, make sure you got somebody on the team that's willing to sacrifice their credit. You know what I'm saying? For the betterment of the team. So that's what I have. 
You know what I'm saying? So my credit one shit, I never wanted none. I was a cash motherfucker, but now I see, you know, I see different. Like, I can hold on to this and use y'all shit and get whatever I want. Houses, cars, everything, as long as I leverage it right. You know what I'm saying? Right, exactly. So so now, um, and I think this is interesting because I, I know you, you just copped new bands. Off of that, yes sir, right? Yes sir, yes sir, yes sir. So now, now for people who are interested to know, how did you acquire a vehicle with business credit? Okay, with the business credit, you you go in. Let's say you go in. I went into my bank. I went in my bank and uh, asked them for, you know, a business a business loan. You know what I'm saying? A, a line of credit. You know what I'm saying? To to buy some things. You know what I'm saying? They like what you know, what you wanna buy. I wanna buy this house. I wanna buy this house. I wanna refinance this house. And I want I want a car too. So that's what I did. They came back and said, Yeah, we'll give it to you how much you need. You know what I'm saying? I told them I need a one fifty. C one fifty real quick. C one fifty. So mm-hmm, I took mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I didn't. You know what I'm saying? I did. I did. I made some some moves. I ain't gonna talk about on the air, but you know what I'm saying? I bought some property, made a few other moves, and the car was just like kind of like free, like free, really. You know what I'm saying? To me, it was. You know what I'm saying? Because the shit was so so cheap and easy. It was just like here. You know what I'm saying? Here you go. And sign far as, you know, signing for it, you get that business credit together and get that LLC all, you know, beefed up or whatever. And, man, they'll give you anything. Like, you can go ask for 100 grand. Not just saying the banks, but credit card companies. You know what I'm saying? All the business credit card companies. So they'll give you that shit. And as long as you got them trade lines on your business credit right, and just handled that business. And I think y'all explained this shit. I think Jonah was saying this shit before, man. Just run that money through mm-hmm. the through the bank account. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Run that money through the bank exactly. account. That's all you got to do is show them numbers. I was getting the real numbers. You know what I'm saying? I was getting the real numbers coming in. What they saying, like, this motherfucker doing, like, 20,000 in a week. What the fuck is going on here? You know what I'm saying? Here, what y'all yeah, want? Yeah, exactly. You know, when, in the bank account. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when they did, when I did act, they was like, yeah, okay, yeah, woo. You know what I'm saying? But it's, you know, it's easy. You can just keep doing that shit and say, I make $1,000 a week in this business and just run the same 1000 through. You know what I'm saying? Shit. Right. Because you're able to show your bank statements. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If you need mm-hmm. to. If you need to. Like I said, like, and like, this is how we got to do it, Joey. Like, you got a business. I got a business. We got to do commerce on paper to them. With each other. Yeah, with each other. So they're going to say, okay, Joey, Joey, I get Joey a net a net 10. And Joey got to pay me in 10 days. Joey come and get That would become creditors. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. exactly how mm-hmm. I do it, fam. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I done got companies. You know, hey, can I report? Can I report on this shit that you know that you fuck with me and we we do business and I'm on time every time? 
rather they rather I'm filed buying it or not. You know what I'm saying? They agree. Yeah, I, yeah, I know what you're talking yeah, I about. Think a lot of people, I think a lot of people don't realize that what you just you just dropped a jewel, and we've talked about this before because what that is is um, is a lot, and that's almost like group economics as well. Because what that is is you're building another business's credit. Yeah. Right? At the same time, yep. you're helping their credit rating, right? And so, yep. my, you know, my my question for you would be, is when you do that specifically, um, are are you are you doing that with the intention of building the other business's credit, or are you doing it with the intention of of you know just trying to be nice? When I when I do it, when I do it, I do it with somebody. I know, you know what I'm saying? Or if it's somebody I have to deal with, like I got to get my shirts from Jiffy Shirts. So, of course, I'm going to put them on there and they're going to say, okay, cool, because this motherfucker's spending at least 1500 every month with us on just shirts and shit. So, yeah, I can put them on there. But when it comes to me and you or me and my, my baby mama company or me and my other people company, you know what I'm saying? We gonna put each other shit on there, and we can all trade and say, "Yeah, this person pay every time, every time." They gonna call and say, "Do they, do they pay or whatever?" Yeah, yeah, they pay every time on time, and it, and that's it. And that's how we can build each other business credit. You know what I'm saying? Fast as hell. You know what I'm saying? Now, a lot of people months. don't know. You know, and, and that's powerful what you're saying because a lot of people don't know, man. Um, what net ten is. Why don't you describe to them what a net 10 is versus a, a net, net 20 10. or a net 30 or a net 50? Okay. A net, 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 the net, the net 10s, net 30s, all it, all that, all that is, is I'm giving you something on the cuff and you got 10 days to pay me. You got 10 mm-hmm. days to pay me, to pay me what I just gave you, or I'll give you a net 30. You got 30 days to go ahead and pay me for what I just gave you. I'm saying in that 60 same situation you got this much this many days to pay us back so if I can go if I get a net 60 and I I, can go, I got a contract with the with the Bucks Arena you know what I'm saying which is the best team in the league right now you know came with this corona shit uh, I can go get a contract with the Bucks you know what I'm saying and get them 10,000 shirts on a net 60 from my t-shirt company Catch the catch all the money I'm gonna catch from the Bucks in 30 days for doing their shirts. You know what I'm saying? Still have you know time to pay back my net six. You know what I'm saying? So I've been made the money. That's right. I just go ahead and throw them the money. Back. I get it on the basically they front it to you. Front it okay, for so ten it's a days. on money. Huh? I said so. Basically, it's a front tip. Yep, it's a front. Yep, it's a front. The company gonna front it to you. And uh, you're going to pay their ass back. Then once you pay them back, they're going to throw you on the thing and say, this motherfucker, he, he good. He pay every time on time. You do that with a few of the, um, you know, the legitimate companies that report. Quill, Uline, um, Granger. Um, Granger, you know, all those. It's, it's a few more, too. It's some new ones, too, I can't think of. But you can, any of them big companies, that do the net shit, you know what I'm saying? Them some of the solid ones that everybody get on there because Uline, like, they got every fucking thing a business can need. So 
everybody got a U-line on that shit. You know what I'm saying? So, them the top, you know, the top ones that I've seen, you know what I'm saying, that you need, you know, that you really want on your shit. You know what I'm saying? So, it's, a, it's a lot, man. Absolutely. You know, it's a lot. It's a, it, it's a lot of, it's easy, though. You know what I'm saying? But it's a lot of ways we can get that money. That's what I was saying. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, okay, so I, I got a question for you then. Um, when it comes down to reporting, let's say my business and your business want to report credit on each other. Walk us through the steps of how we would go through uh, reporting credit on each other to the credit bureaus. You basically, you basically call ass, bro. You basically call them and you set up the little. It's a, um, it's a. Um, it's a thing where you can go in there and just basically what the fuck? Hold on. You basically go in the um in the um what are the credit bureaus, Equifax. You can go in Equifax business, you can go to uh um D and B, all these motherfuckers, you, you do it through them. You know what I'm saying? You go through them and get each other's reporting thing like it's a package that you could buy from DMB right and they say who you got to report who you got to report on your uh on your credit thing and you'd be like I want I got this company that company this company that company and one of them can be you know your companies that y'all gonna report on you know one of your people's companies you know what I'm saying and you basically just okay. call that shit in and report it to credit bureaus you know what I'm saying and be like, yeah, I'm doing and a that. Net. Does it cost anything? No, oh, that shit is it, no. Well, it depends on like if you buy the per the, the little package things that they work. It's Nav, Nav is one of them, and um, Dun and Bradstreet, and then Equifax. Uh, Equifax got one. Equifax and Equifax, Equifax Business, right? Yeah, Equifax Business. So okay. With them up for you, just basically just call that shit in, bro. Call in and say I want to report, you know, this person's credit shit on my on my thing, and that shit go like that. I just I just really, like I said, my people, you know, really get down with that shit, and I really be pointing them towards it. But it's been going, dog. It's been really going, and once you see it. Like, once you get into it, it's easy as fuck. It's like, once you hear them explain it to you, like, that's all that need to happen. You just throw them shits right on there. You throw them trade lines right on there. I'm calling Joey shit. said, Joey, I just did a net 10 with Joey. And this shit good. He pay me every time on month. We gonna report that shit every month on each other's shit. You know what I'm saying? Right, with no problem. With no problem. Okay. All right. So, sure. so let's go. So, you, I, I think you've taught us some valuable things here, man. Um, and some things that we can use. So, I want to ask you: do you, do you have any any advice or anything that, that you want to leave for people um, before we go to the call line? But do you have anything that you want to you know give to people that would be helpful for them to be successful, other than some of the tools you've already given us? Man, everything is a hustle. If you if you look at if you look at everything 
as a hub, it's some money and everything or not some money and everything. Like that's a bad investment. Or I think this would be a good little niche. Find a niche, man, and and and, and, and fill that void. You know what I'm saying? Look for the need. You know what I'm saying? Look for a need for some shit that people need or what's lacking as far as, you know, a service or any type of you know, any type of service. You know what I'm saying? Like that that people lack and jump up on that shit, man, and, and go crazy with it and be serious. That's what I got. Be serious about what you're doing and don't be playing and don't half ass it. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. I I I, 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 I can appreciate that. Believe me, you gotta go hard with what you're doing, man. I mean, I think that that's really crucial, key. Um. So, don't go nowhere. I'm gonna open up the call line real quick, and uh, we'll we'll take a couple calls. If y'all wanna get in and ask the brother some questions about his businesses. This would be a good time. Press one. Come on in and ask some questions. Let's go to 314 280. You're on the line. Peace to God. Peace to God. Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to congratulate you, brother, you know, for, uh, you know, uh, being that entrepreneur, you know, and, 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 and putting thank it to the ground, you. you know. Thank you. You know. Thank you. You know, because everything is about service now. You're giving them service, you know, and and you're learning, you're learning, and you you know. Uh, yeah. I I sort of came in late. I didn't hear if you had some goals for the next five years. Uh, you know, uh, I heard you say your baby mama. So it looks like you're building the next generation. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I'm trying to. I'm trying to empower. Empower. The women around me, man, because like, you know, they 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 be solid. Man, a lot of them be solid. You know what I'm saying? Without all the extra shit, but you know, rather you fucking them or not, you gotta have some solid women behind you, you know, to make Absolutely. shit happen, man. That's what I I oh, figured that out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They 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 they're excellent, you know, and their and their skills are are uh, you know. Go ahead and drop the info for us. 
Um, I'm a. Um, you can catch me on um, on the website, um, Simple Steps, Simple Steps LLC on Facebook, and the Simple Steps LLC on the website too. And um, for the uh, customized life, customized life printing, you can catch us on um, Etsy. On Etsy, um, Shopify as uh, Fashion Asylum, um, shit, and um, Instagram, man, all the all the shit, y'all, all, all the uh, <laughs> the different platforms. We on we on there one way or the other. Customized like printed to um, where you can get the dope apparel from and shit. We doing the mask right now. We doing a lot of masks. But we doing the gator, the gator neck masks, the ones that like, you know, cover your cover your face. You just pull yep. it down above your neck, yep. and they itch you fucking your ears up and shit. It look pretty hot. Yeah, I, so I, met, I'm a, I thought somebody made me one of those. Yeah, I made me a Benz one, Joey. I made a cold ass Benz one. But uh, yeah, y'all, I'm on, on all those different platforms. Customized like LLC. Uh, um, Simple Steps LLC and uh, the trucking company, he ain't moving right now, so I ain't doing business as trucking right now. I'm gonna um, see what's up with that next year. Well, I tell you what, man, I, I think. Oh, and, and real quick, real quick, because we got a lot of truckers that listen, right? Um, okay. And I think this would be really invaluable to a lot of the truckers. Um, give us just a quick idea. Of how do you start and run your trucking business? You know, and, and you know, maybe give us just some simple steps for those who might be interested in that particular business as well. Okay, I, okay, I'll run it down. It's about five or six steps, y'all. It's about five or six steps to to getting to getting uh, to running a trucking company. Well, getting all the credentials to run a trucking company. The first is. Um, you know, get your LLC, get your trucking company name and all that business taken care of, the LLC and all that. And after that, you got to get a U.S. DOT number. You got to get a DOT number. And that's going to cost you a few bucks. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you get a first is the LLC. Get a U.S. DOT for the trucking company. For that trucking company, you're going to need some insurance. You're going to need some insurance. And you got to uh, you gotta get... Uh, like a million dollar policy on your uh on your uh on your company. You know what I'm saying? For that truck. Whatever truck you gonna get, rather be a straight truck. Actually the liquid y'all, when you go in to get that um that, that um insurance for that truck, just come and say you got minivan. They started out with a minivan. That's how you duck the the high ass insurance because coming out the gate, you're not gonna get a lot of loads. If you're a new company and you starting a trucking company, you're not gonna get a lot of loads unless you know somebody, unless you you are already in with somebody and know somebody. But you're not gonna get a lot of loads. You probably won't catch your first load for 60 days if you just came in how I came, because that's what happened to me. I ain't know I knew I had a few connections, but they wasn't really like that. But they they had me going here and there, you know, to pay some bills. But the DOT, LLC, DOT, insurance. You're going to have to get the insurance, and that that's the motherfucker. So, keeping that insurance premium low, 
is bringing that mug in. Say, tell them you're moving a cargo van. Tell them you're moving cargo vans first instead of a semi or what's now. You can add the semi. You can still have your semi on deck, but you can add it like add the semi on two weeks later or the box truck. Add that on two weeks later and then take the um, van off. Once you take the van off, put that put your truck on there if you move it. As soon as you get, you know, when you actually move and making some money out of your shit. Because the premium on that van going to be way cheaper than that premium on that truck. You know what I'm saying? So, my, my guy, okay. he put me up on that, lick Because, man, I was paying 1400 a month, bro, for insurance for my truck. And I wasn't even moving. So, I, I'm talking about I had to pay this insurance, though. So, I'm paying But the insurance is high, right? Or, or can you get a The bond? insurance be high, yeah. It'd be high. It depends on what year your truck is, how good your driving record is, and all that. But that insurance be high as fuck. And you got to pay it every month in order to move. If you don't pay it, you bogus out there. And uh, the trucking, uh, exactly. the brokers won't give you no loads because they check all that shit. So that's um, step three is um, insurance. Step four is picking out a good truck, making sure you got a good truck. And all that shit. If you're going over the road, I encourage y'all to go dump trucks. You know what I'm saying? I encourage y'all to go dump trucks. That's where the money at. Over the road, that shit is uh, it's strenuous, man. I didn't roll all over this damn country, man. I'm tired. <laughs> so, yeah, man. No doubt. Uh, no no doubt. Truck, I mean, the dump trucks make a dump. lot of money, don't they? Yeah, you home every night, bro. You home every night. So that's why I shut my shit down, and I'm, I'm going dump trucks, man, because it just make more sense, man. You home every night, and you actually making more money, man, because you're not, you're not really going no fucking where. You know what I'm saying? The most you're going is 50 miles to dump. You know, you somewhere picking up, and you just sitting, and then you going 50 miles to dump. That make way more sense than driving from Milwaukee to California for five thousand. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. and that's the shit I was literally doing. And I got a load from Milwaukee to 5,000, from Milwaukee to California, 5,000. Okay, so what the fuck I'm doing? Uh, with the trucks? Mm-hmm. With the um, dump trucks, I mean? Oh, yes. you said, why did I close my season? Why did I close down? No, 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 no. no I'm, I'm asking, so like, if, if I'm a trucker, right, and... Uh-huh. Um, you know, and, and I'm not working, or let, let's say like with your trucking company, right? It's, it's shut down right now. Is that because of the COVID nineteen thing, or is that because it's a slow season? Like, how do you, yeah, how do you weather yeah. it? The, the COVID shit. It was the COVID shit. Okay. Or as I still be running, it was the COVID shit. Okay. That shit was kind of, you know, they trying to they rattling shit, man, and making shit hard. They want you to run for peanuts. And shit like that. So yeah, it's 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 been crazy. It's okay. been crazy. Okay, that. that makes sense. Well, man, you I tell you what, man, you dropped a lot of great information on us tonight, man. I, I really appreciate your energy, bro. You coming through, keeping it real with us, dropping us real info. Man, I um, love y'all. Man. I have you. I like I, I def- we love you too, bro. We appreciate it. I I definitely have you back on, man, as you matriculate in your business. Um, if you if you go ahead and you want to plug yourself one more time, I'm happy to have you do that so people know how to find you. And, and tell us the name right. of your businesses one more time for people who, okay, who missed tr- it. 
the trucking company Slab Logistics LLC. Slab S L A D B. Um, I got a brand coming out with called uh, Slab too, man. That's 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 gonna be one of my brands that I'm working on with my clothes okay. too. So uh, okay, dope. And that's. Uh, that's where I really got my clothing shit from. That like my slab, I wanted to come out with a trucker, with a with a dope ass trucker brand for you know for us, a dope ass trucker brand for the for the niggas and shit. And that's why I yep. got my whole coming up with the manufacturing the clothes thing. So that's how oh, that dope. came about. For you. Okay, yeah, so dope. that with with the slab and then simple steps is the training company. All my truckers, you heard that. Yeah, man, that, that's dope. Like, if they want to do a brand or something, I'm with that shit. With the dope, with the nice trucker hat, with a nice flannel or something, you know what I'm saying, or whatever, T-shirts. Because, you know, riding out there, man, you see all kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? You see plenty dope-ass females and shit, and you be trying to exactly. kick it, and you can rock your brand. You can rock your brand, because that's how I was doing. I'm stuck in, I'm stuck in Vegas. Three days, I'm gonna have my brand on out here fresh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. That's where that came from. So it's being all over, man. And, uh, the other one is uh, customized life cream or uh, fashion asylum. Is uh, my girl run all that shit? Really? She run all those little sites and shit. But fashion asylum, yeah, customized She came to the seminars. She's on my computer running them stuff. She's she's busy too. Yeah, she no, not not even not even her. I'm talking about my other girl. She uh okay. She 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 that's the one that's with that that got all the city plug with the contracts for the okay. state and shit. You know what I'm saying? Okay. We work okay. where she worked with the state people. She actually worked for them. You know what I'm saying? That's my public side. You know what I'm saying? That's my public exactly. side right there. You know what I'm saying? So I let her do the public. Yeah, I let her do the pub because I'm going private, bro. I ain't, I ain't fuck these people, man. I, I ain't, I ain't satisfied because I'm, you know, in the little money. Fuck that. I'm going all the way where we need to be under this motherfucking, you know, what I'm saying thing we supposed to be under. So yeah, man. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at. Well, That's I appreciate you, man. Thank you for dropping everything, bro, and for really, you know. Bringing this information to us, uh, you know, from your perspective, and thank you for dropping the credit information. I think that was really important for people. Um, any anything you want to give us, man, before you get out of here, man? Man, love, peace, and, and happiness, man. Really, shit, and, and and stay grounded, y'all. Fuck these people, man. Let's we're gonna be the new wave. You know what I'm saying? Let's get all right, up, man. Get out there, you people. Way right. private. Absolutely. Absolutely. You ain't never lied. But thank you for joining us, God. I appreciate you. And uh, uh, yeah. many blessings to you. And uh, I'll talk to you off there. Likewise, Joy. Peace to the gods, man. Peace, y'all. Okay, peace to the God, bro. Peace, God. Thanks, God. Thanks for having me. Oh, uh, yeah. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. No problem, bro. Thank you for coming in. Appreciate you. Peace. Peace. All right, man. That's what's up, man. It was it, it, it's a great show tonight. Um, next week, man, we're gonna have uh, we're, we're gonna have my boy Rocky on next week, man. Y'all, y'all don't want to miss next week's show. It's a music business show. We're gonna go in, talk to a, a producer in the music industry. All right, and then the week after that, we got um, we got uh, uh, who we got coming on after that? 
Oh, yes, we have a, a lady that's going to come on and talk to us about doing bonds. So that's going to be a really good one for y'all to come on and, and check out. All right, she's down in the Bahamas. Um, and then we got Kathy coming on talk, to talk to us this month uh, also about Brandon. And we also have later in the month uh, Miss Brittany coming on. And Brittany actually owns a black-owned energy company. All right, so I look forward to having them on. This is going to be a good month for entrepreneur shows. Uh, go back and listen to the information that we dropped in the beginning, all right? And we'll be on the radio tomorrow, man, dropping this thing like it's hot. Y'all know what it is. Y'all know what time it is. You're on the New Evolution Radio Network. I'm your host, Joey Bounce L. Bay. This is the Saturday Vibe. Y'all. If I get rocked, this shit for my kids, nigga. That real shit. Till the sun come up Crack a 40 when the sun go down It's a cold winter Y'all niggas better bundle up And I better be a hotter summer rapper Or you just a rocket down You hot now, listen up Don't you know cops sole purpose is to lock us down And throw away the key But without this drug shit The kids ain't got no way to eat, huh? We still try to keep mom smiling Cause when the teeth stop showing And the stomach start growling Then the heat start blowing If you from the hood I know you feel me if my sneaks start leaning and the heat stop working, then my heat start working. I'ma rob me a person, get the nigga sleeping while he out in the open, and I'ma get him. We gotta raise our kids while we living, make a million off a record belt. My niggas out of prison, fuck a penny or a Lexus. My boys in the squatter, nigga talk reckless and I hit him with the slipping. But I'm never snitching, I'm a rider. If my kids hungry, snatch the dishes out the kitchen. I'll be wildin' till they pick me out of line the nines tuck, chop dimes up, rap about it, wild out, fuck niggas up, laugh about it, I'm not trying to visit the morgue, but freeway move out, do I sit with the Lord, do I get my shit together, clean up my sins, freeway got it in like 10 in the morning, and I can get it to you like 10 while you yawning, man, still deliver the order, man, I ain't talking about chicken and gravy, man, I'm talking about bricks and yayo hats.
listening to the New Evolution Radio Network, where the evolution is the revolution. <laughs>